Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee only roasts top quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast, on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Uh, Really fun podcast yesterday. If you didn't catch it, go back and listen, or I would actually recommend that you watch this one. Uh, Chris Como, good friend of mine, top teacher in the game, uh, an hour of just in-depth, really really strong instructional things as it pertains to some of his players, uh, which this week, uh, none of them are in the field, but I wanted to catch up with him on Jason Day, who will be playing um, here soon, Siwoo Kim, uh, and and Tiger Woods, of course, which we saw back in December, and and Chris helped him put the pieces back together. And I was curious to get his thoughts and what he thought from Tiger. But nonetheless, go back and watch it. It's Tuesday now. It's time to look ahead, and we've got a PGA Tour tournament, folks. I know you've probably missed it. It's only been what uh, three or four weeks, um, forty eight of them in all this year. And uh, but this one's fun, right? I mean, it's the first week of January the Century Tournament of Champions played at the beautiful Kapalua course, plantation course at Kapalua, I should say. And to help us bring us, break it down, we bring back one of our favorite guests, Ryan Noonan. How are you, sir? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Travis. Excited to be back. As I was telling you uh, pre-show, like this is definitely my favorite guest appearance to do. Uh, we don't Thank share you. notes before the show and uh, you have an uncanny ability to land on guys that I'm on that week. Um, so I feel like we vibe pretty well in some of the places and things that we're looking at challenge for you this week is I don't have a bet currently. All right. Um, I have some leans. I'll be interested to see how close you can poke to the leans. You only have 39 guys to choose from. So I yep. feel like you're going to do a pretty good job of landing on a couple of them. But uh, again, as always, I appreciate you having me back. Well, the old say goes, you can't birdie them all unless you birdie the first, right? So we've got to, got to make a birdie here folks. And, uh, in week one, great field. This is part of the elevated tournaments, right? This is going to be the first one, $15 million purse. And I like this tournament. I, it, it kind of takes me back in, in some ways to my youth. I can, you know, remember um, just, just watching this tournament some. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so fun to look at Hawaii on TV, right? Because for, for most of the country, and I know you're in Chicago, um, it's winter. And you're sitting there and you're looking at snow and it's 25 degrees and you turn the TV on and there's Kapalua and it's just beautiful and these trade winds and you're standing there on 18 looking down. You're imagining, man, if I was there, I'd just rip this drive up the right side and just let that ball kind of tumble down into the fairway. And it's, uh, you know, on the East Coast, like I can I can put my kids down. Uh, I can I can pour a glass of wine. I can sit in my chair. It's the best players, these views, and it's just coming on TV. It's prime time golf. And I just absolutely love that. I love primetime golf, West Coast golf for that very reason. Uh, it allows you to even spend some time in the morning getting especially easier for me, central and you know, East Coast time too, where you can be 
a little bit more planful in like matchups and live betting. Cause that's actually yeah. part of why this game is so beautiful and probably mm-hmm. the best to bet. I mean, I know I have football behind me and I love to bet football, but like, man, we can, we can bet this game in so many different ways and pre-tournaments and live betting and matchups and finishing positions and all these different entities. And, and uh, I love that. And I think the West coast stuff provides us a little bit more time to dig into some of the, you know, post round data yeah. um, and make some of those live bets in tournaments. So yeah, I love when we're on the West coast, you know, big wide fairways here, right? You look mm-hmm. at this golf course plantation course at Kapalua par 73. That's always the first thing that comes to mind when you, when you think of this course, at least for me, these are big fairways, you know, guys are going to let it loose here. You know, they're you're going to see long drives. Um, you're going to see a high clip of, of fairways hit. You're going to see a high clip of greens hit. Uh, they are big greens. They have a lot of movement to it. So you do need to avoid the three putt to to some degree. Um, but the greens are not particularly fast. They're, they're very slow because of the undulation, because of the high winds that can happen there. Uh, and if the winds do stay down as they have uh, the last couple years, then you're going to see a lot of birdies. I mean, Cam Smith basically was falling out of bed making birdies last year in Kapalua. I mean, he went... 34 under par and he only won by one. If you recall to John, <laughs> who was 33 under the yeah. year before Matt Jones that, was 32. They were like Matt Jones right there. That's right. Matt Jones was 32. The year before that Harris English uh, was, was 25 under. And then we had a little wind in 2020 and that was JT. Uh, he won at 14 under and JT's won twice here. He won it back in 2017, Xander in 19 at 23 under DJ in 2018. Of course, DJ is not here. Uh, he won at 24 under. He's won twice here. And then I'll take you back to Spieth in 2016 uh, at 30 under. So this is the who's who. I mean, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get those high odds, right? Historically uh, winning this tournament. Um, but if the winds do stay down, you better make some birdies, but it does seem like Ryan, uh, that there might be some trade winds this year. Yeah. It's interesting to see too. And I, I kind of, before we get started, I want to get your thoughts around some of the things that we hear around the player quotes here, um, in terms of maybe experience mattering. Um, we, again, we have, you know, someone like Rom who comes out and he's, you know, second in his debut and right. Rom's just kind of a historical outlier anyway. Right. So I don't know how much to weigh into that, but um, do you feel that we should be giving, uh, especially as we get down the board a little bit, a little bit more weight to guys who have come here and performed well in the past? Cause you do hear some quotes around similar to like, obviously their scoring is going to be very different, but you do hear a little bit of like Augusta, um, in terms of like elevation changes, uh-huh. in terms of, um, you know, big undulating greens um, that can be a little bit more easier to navigate once you've kind of gone out and played that. Um, and again, at the top of the board, these guys, for the most part, have all been here. But is that something that because uh, I feel like that's kind of what I want to maybe just hone in on? Is that something that you think is something we should be looking into or what are your thoughts there? I do. I think experience uh, certainly plays a role here and that's kind of where I've been leaning most of my hedges and most of um, my bets, you know, guys that have been here. I, I do think like the elevation changes, um, the undulations and the greens um, just where to hit it uh, to some degree, like Augusta. Um, yeah. I do think that plays in. I think that's a really good point And one that will ask Sepp Straka tomorrow. He's on the podcast and he's in the field. Uh, this week for the first time and and he's played the course now and it's like hey is this a course that 
you, you probably need to get some reps on more so say than some of the other courses. I think that'd be an interesting question for me, but yeah, to answer your question, I'm definitely leaning towards some experience here for sure. Yeah. And some of the quotes that I've seen too, and our, our, over at Betsports Golf, our guy, Ron Kloss, PGA Splits 101, does um, some great work. His preview is extensive, uh, puts together a lot of past quotes from players too. And the one thing that I've seen uh, from his early work is that the wins, though they can definitely vary in terms of you know how strong they are, they mm-hmm. are a little bit predictable. Um, mm-hmm. They aren't necessarily crosswinds or like this whole today is playing downwind and tomorrow is going to be playing you know left to right. Um, so there, that's another reason why I do think there is a little bit more of of an idea of how I want to play this hole uh, versus you know someone who maybe hasn't navigated this you know time and time again. So um, yeah, that's definitely something that I want to to factor in. But the top of the board again, we're we're splitting hairs, right? Because a lot of times when you and yeah. I get together, we're talking about form. I always think form is going to be more relevant than course history. We'd rather see these guys coming in and playing their best golf. Um, we obviously don't have the gift of form when we're talking about the first tournament, the first week of January, because for the most part, these guys have had very limited swing seasons, uh, if really, if they've played at all. So we are dealing with a little bit of the unknown. So course history here, I think, matters uh, maybe a little bit more for a couple of reasons. And then we also have the fact, as you mentioned, an elevated event. So, you know, you do often hear of like, all right, Hawaii golf, you know, is maybe a little bit vacation golf. These guys can ease into the season, you know, bring their fiancés, bring the wife, bring the kids, ease into it. But like, this is an elevated small field event with more prize money at the top. So right. I, I don't think we're going to have these guys coming in and um, and not really competing. And I think you see it too. Like, you'll get into the California swing and you'll be like, this guy's still in the top 10 in FedEx Cup points. He hasn't done anything at all. And it's like, we don't get a really great Hawaii. So like these things can set these guys up for a very uh, easier swing or like, uh, you know, spring seasons if they get off to a really good start in Hawaii. So like, I don't want to underrate the fact that, yeah, it's a 39 man, no cut event. Uh, these guys want to go out and, you know, get that win early and get that money. Well, it's first elevated event and Seamus Powers leading the uh, FedEx cup right now, currently after the fall swing. And we'll get in, you know, that kind of just, I think kind of solidifies my point of how many tournaments there are uh, in the PGA tour and how it gets watered down all due respect to Seamus power. Uh, But Keegan Bradley's number two. So we're kicking it off with the, the FedEx cup first elevated event. And here we are. And that's your leaders in the FedEx cup. That just, that's just kind of feeds a little bit of some of my um, gripe, if you will, over the last, uh, few months on how the schedule uh, is laid out. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, the, it, this is a great field. Rory's not here. There's 39 players and let's get into it. Um, you know, recent form is tough with the first tournament because some of these guys haven't played. Obviously, we they're not coming off an event last week or the week before. And there's not this run of tournaments that we can kind of look at and say, yeah, this guy's playing well or this guy isn't. But John Rahm, I, I think starting this off here at uh, six to one and you got to shop around of course, folks on, on different odds, but I'm just going to go off DraftKings here currently. And John right now is the favorite. He had a lot of struggle early in the year with the putter and the short game. He's cleaned it up. Uh, He did win in Mexico, obviously during the year, not a great field, but he did win the DP world tour championship uh, at the DP world tour. So he has cleaned some things up. I, I think John, has to be chomping at the bit right now to get out there and have a big season. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he uh, kicked it off here. 
He's played here in the past. He's got a good track record. Second, seventh, 10th, eighth, second in the last five years. No one's going to be some surprise if John Rom goes out and shoots 30 under, are they? No. And it's funny, like he had one of the more, uh, I think funny quotes are looking at he's talking about his struggles here and <laughs> open up the past. As you just referenced, uh, I would love to be in a spot where those are my struggles. I've never finished outside the top 10 right. at an event. And again, it's, you know, smaller fields and whatnot, but like his struggles are very relative uh, to, to everyone else. He, like you mentioned, uh, we looks like, you know, right around um, the St. Jude kind of turned it around really nice swing season played well in Europe with a couple of wins the the Mexico thing is funny. It's like we, it was a, kind of a garbage field, you know, mm-hmm. held off Finau there in the end. Well, like imagine if he didn't win that, right? Like we, we needed him to go out and win that one to solidify like, Hey, at least he won that, right. The one that everyone thinks that he's by far the guy to, to be there. So he deserves, I feel like that one's always like, yeah, it's Mexico and no one else was there. It's like, yeah, but he went out and like handled his business, even in like kind of a rut for him. Yeah. My problem with Rom at six, Travis, like, you know, whatever, as you mentioned, shop around six and a half, sevens, is that we have, I feel like even though he's playing really well, I feel like there's that a tier that he's in. I don't know that he's at this point separated himself from that tier. You can make the case that Rory has if he was in this event with his mm-hmm. current form. And I would love to see Rory at a place like this where he can just absolutely have some of those Dustin-esque drives, um, you know, downhill and rolling up to the pin. Um, but I feel like Rob kind of belongs in the tier still with Scotty. Xander had a great finish of the year. Um, you know, we wanted to see him win more and compete more. And I think he did that. You know, Canley, another guy who has not won here, but has played pretty well. Uh, and then JT, we again had not seen a lot of Justin Thomas in the swing season, which we never really do, but he's played well here in the past. As you mentioned, two Two victories. When I think yep. about what matters here, gosh, I think JT has that in spades. We know that when JT's off a little bit, sometimes it's spraying it off the tee. Um, and he's not really going to be punished for that here. So at the top of the board, if you're giving me JT at basically twice the number of ROM, I feel like that's probably the best bet at the top of the board. Again, we're splitting hairs. We have no form to go off of. These are all elite guys. For the most part, they all have strong history. But if I'm going at the top, I'm probably going to go JT because you could shop around and get some 11s, even 12s out there in the market. Um, And that just shouldn't be twice the number of ROM. Well, we're aligned up top because JT was certainly um, the one that I have circled up top and the one uh, that I played. Um, I think it was 12 to one that I got him. He is down at 11 right now. You know, Scheffler, you mentioned he's right now, he's nine to one. Um, I, I would imagine Scheffler spent some time with Randy Smith, his coached and, and, and really just worked on the putter. Uh, his putter went really chilly at the end of the year yeah. and he was still finishing in the top 10. So, you know, Scotty, I think his, his ball striking is elite. We know that. Uh, when his putter's elite, he's going to win tournaments. Does it wake up um, in Kapalua this week? I'm going to probably say no. And this is the first, nope, Chef, I'm sorry. Chef played back in 2021 where he finished T13. So this will be his second loop um, around the golf course. But I'm going to pass on Scheffler. I'll be, but I am curious to see when that putter does wake up. Uh, Shoffley at 10 to 1. Look, I, I think. I think Xander, he's been a great player for a while now. And I think last year he took some big steps. 
Um, yeah. I, I think Xander coming out and saying, I'm staying with the PGA tour. That probably had to be a bit of a relief. He goes back to back wins uh, at the travelers and the Genesis. And I just frankly thought that Scheffler looked more comfortable down the stretch. I, I think he just looked more comfortable to me. I think he was having a hard time putting some of these tournaments away. We know he's always right there. First or second page of the leaderboard. He needed to win more. He did last year. I think Xander comes into this year, perhaps with the most amount of confidence that he's had. Now the next step is to win a major championship. And, um, you know, look, you could, you could talk me into Xander here, but I'll go with JT. Uh, I think the, the, the one thing with JT last year, Ryan, that I'll look at, obviously he wins the PGA. That was huge. Um, I, I think JT needed to find a little bit more consistency and understanding of when his putter was really good versus when it wasn't. And I think John Graham's helped him with that, um, which is an interesting case to, to kind of talk to a teacher about like, okay, because JT can go, we know that with the putter. I mean, he, when he goes, it's like, oh my God, JT's going to win, <laughs> you know? Um, but then it just, it goes away, you know? And it's like, what's different there? How can we bridge that gap? I think statistically he was able to do that some last year. So I think JT obviously is motivated in the current landscape of professional golf. I'll, I'll lean in with you on the top with JT. Now we get into the middle part. And I'm going to lean in with Finau here at 14 uh, as well. Um, speaking of taking big steps, no one probably took bigger steps, certainly at the end of the year than Finau, three wins in his last seven events. And I'm really excited now that we can put the narrative away that he can't putt. That drove me nuts. Finau can putt. And he always, he's, been, he's been one of the, He's been in the upper tier, upper half, I should say, on the PGA Tour in, in strokes and putting. I mean, he can putt. Now, situationally, all right, he, he kind of struggled at times. Yeah. But overall, I mean, Finau can putt. He started putting more situationally. The confidence goes through the roof. With that driver, with those irons, there you go. So, look, I'll go against, um, I, you know, Finau just like, he, I think it's, I think he, I think he continues. I really do. I think he continues here in the first part of the year and I'll lean in with Finau at 14 as we start getting into the Victor Hovland's at 18, Sung Jm at 18, which is intriguing to me, Morikawa at 20. How do you, how do you stack it up there in the middle? Yeah, this, this one becomes hard too, because I think it be, just like we did at the top, it becomes more of a, a price sensitivity than, than anything. I think the Finau case is solid. I think uh, you're right. Like, I feel like Finau has been one of the best lag putters on tour for the last like three, four years. Like, and situationally, right. I think that's one right. of those things we were talking about a little pre-show too, is like, it's really hard to quantify like the moments of being clutch and making them, um, you know, late on a Sunday or even late on a Saturday when you're in the lead. Like that's definitely, um, definitely different to quantify and you're going to look at it in a large swath of data. It's going to be just strokes gain putting, uh, but you could make the case that maybe Tony struggle with that a little bit, but it's really hard to kind of lean into that when we have 3M rocket mortgage continues with, with a nice St. Jude um, rolled it into a top 10 of the tour championship and then wins Houston. Um, it just, and again, all of these are positive strokes gain putting performances for Tony. Mm -hmm. So again, we know Tita green, he's been pretty much immaculate. He's one of the best in the world. The driver is such a weapon for him. Uh, one of the, I think the, from a total driving standpoint, one of the best on tour, because we you know he's not a guy that is, 
is uh, all over the place. He's definitely an accurate elite bomber. So yeah, 14 is just is steep for me. Uh, but I, it- to your point, like I get that he should maybe be, you can make the case that he is moving into that top tier if this mm-hmm. continues. Yeah. Um, so maybe we look back in a month or so, we're like, oh man, we had 14 on Finau in Hawaii and he should have been in the tens with, you know, Xander and Scotty and those guys. So like, um, I think if that's kind of where you're at hanging into the season, I think that 14 maybe is, is a really good number. I, think, um, I do real, think real he's quick. I think, yeah. you know, in, in, from a putting perspective, real quick here, quick stat. And then strokes gain putting last 50 rounds coming into this. He's second. Hmm. Um, you know, he's going to take care of the par fives, which you have to here, you know, you know, he's going to make a ton of birdies. He's going to have shot. He's going to have some looks at Eagles. I mean, uh, the irons, I mean, man. Oh yeah. He, the dude has, are we ready to accept 14? I'm with you there. Are we ready to accept now top shelf? Doesn't it just feel like, doesn't it just feel like Finau can be standing on that green come late Sunday with that trophy, his 11 kids around him and his wife. <laughs> and they're just, and he's, and no one's going to look better. You know, no one's going to look better in that scene than Tony Finau. Like it's kind of a bit of a home game for him in, in, in some ways. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I think he, I think he keeps it rolling and I bet it big. I'm going big on Tony. I like it. I mean, look last six months, he's first in the field in total strokes gain. He's first in putting, um, yeah. top he's second in ball striking. He's top five, both in approach and off the tee. There is no hole to be poked in, uh, you know, backing Tony Finau. I guess my only thing I would be, if we want to say that course history matters and I don't, yep. I don't want to weigh it too much, to be honest, because I just it doesn't feel right to me. Um, there's a, a top 10 back in 17, the last two years, 31st and 19th. So he hasn't yep. gone here and, and performed as well. But I also agree that we can make the case that some of the changes we saw late in the season do have him in a different category and maybe he has mentally turned the page. So um, it is hard to poke any hole statistically in it outside of just the short, small sample of course, history. And again, like, I don't want to weigh it anyway, Travis. And we're talking about three events yeah. over the course of like six years. So that, that feels very statistically noisy to me. So um, I'm, I'm with you. And again, looking more and more at the data, like it feels like a, a great spot for him. I think, you know, going on previous experience, M has played here uh, twice and he's got a T8 and T5. So he's, he's performed real third time around. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll probably shy away from Sung Jay. I, I think, you know, Morikawa at 20, I'm, I'm just not ready there. I, his, his putter obviously has been atrocious. That That's mm-hmm. one person in his team that I've reached out to that I, that I'd like to do a little more digging on uh, just from an instruction standpoint and, and what the plan is for Morikawa on the putter and also just kind of solidifying that fade again. He was drawing it like, what's going on there? You know, like there's just seems to be some moving parts. I'm not quite ready to jump on that. I do think in that, in this tier, I think the one that probably let's say could potentially feel some of the pressure is Victor Hovland. Um, is, are, are we, I'm ready for Victor to win a big tournament. He's got three wins. I get it. PGA tour. They're all the same. Bye, bye, bye. You know, yeah, come on, Travis winning. All right. Yeah. It's on the PGA tour. But Mayakoba, OHL, and Puerto Rico are not exactly right. the same as Wells Fargo, Genesis, <laughs> uh, Memorial. They're just not. No, no. They're just not the same. So I, I do think you have to draw that distinction. I'm ready for Hovland. 
to take the next step. I'm not quite sure if this is uh, the place to do it for him. Um, but I am ready for Hovland to take that next step because he's a, he's a wonderful player. He's a wonderful individual. Um, and I just think like his smile his his demeanor. I'm ready for the tour to push him more out front. Yeah. And um, you know, I don't think this is the place, but I do think, I do think in the first half of the year, Hovland's going to clip one off here. Yeah, I think everyone's ready for like a Hovland wave. And uh, this has happened, I think, last year too. When we had a really nice swing season and, you know, bagged multiple championships. And as you mentioned, they're not all uh, cut from the same cloth. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. just contending in the memorial, you know, even a waste management at this point is, you know, getting a great field, those types of events, like, which is elevated. Very, yep. Mm-hmm. These are very different uh, spots. So, the Morikawa thing is interesting. Um, I, he talks a lot about going back to like Harding Park and watching his putting and how that was kind of pieced together and how he got away from some of those things. And um, would love to see that kind of start to take hold here early in the season. You know, you haven't seen him a lot. Nice little performance at the Hero with a fifth place finish is historically played pretty well, uh, both here and on the Hawaii swing. I think a couple of sevens and a fifth here last year. It's been a mixed bag. He hasn't pieced it all together. We've had a really good putting and we had really good ball striking where he kind of lost it on the greens. So um, Hovland and Morikawa, I think often for me, are I almost think of them in the same, even the games are a little bit different, but oftentimes right. it's like, all right, if around the green is going to matter, these guys both kind of struggle with that. The putters can go sideways. Mm-hmm. You know, Hovland obviously is a little bit more uh, distance off the tee. And, you know, this is a spot where Colin's not really going to be punished for a lack of distance. The ball striking, even though last year, I feel like it wasn't what it was in the year prior. But again, if you still look at the past six months, strokes can approach. Uh, Colin's third in his field. I, I Like he still has it. So even like not great Morikawa ball striking, you still tremendous ball striking so he is on the list he probably for me Travis would be a live ad if I feel like I don't mind getting in at a little bit of a worse number if I feel like we're seeing some stuff on the greens come together because I know the ball striking is just going to be better than even the best in the world um, so not a pre-tournament bet for me but one I'm not going to be hesitant to add if I feel like the putter looks to to be changed maybe yeah. we're you know we're seeing good stuff and we're hearing some good stuff and like the presser you know post round mm-hmm. but I feel like I wouldn't mind adding him Glenn Fittich, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey, is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care. Each single malt is a work of perfection. Oh, for sure. I mean, if, if you're going to get a pulse and then you're going to build on that with some confidence with the flat stick, you're, you're going to get all over Morikawa. Yeah. Um, there's no question about it. And, and we've seen in the past that he's been able to turn it around. I mean, he, he's been able to all of a sudden... I'll, I'll take you back to, I'm looking up the stat here. I can't quite remember the numbers, but yeah, this was back in at the beginning of the year in 2021, he goes, Genesis, he loses seven putting. And then the next week he wins at Mexico, WGC yeah. Mexico and goes positive four. And, and like you go through his career and, and you'll get those spikes mm-hmm. all of a sudden positive five, positive six. Um, so look, I mean, would it surprise me that he goes positive two or three and he wins? It wouldn't, but Man, I, I'd, I'd like to dig in to see what's going on there um, with the flat stick. As we continue on, you know, Cameron Young, first time there, you know, he did everything but win. He was one of the three or four part of the rookie class at the beginning of last season that I was really excited about. I thought he would, I thought his game would, would really excel on the PGA Tour. 
We're going to talk about that on Monday as well with Will Zaltoris, where we look at the rookies and like, who's, who are we looking at that we think could be the guys that could win and really elevate their game on the PGA tour. Taylor Montgomery comes to mind. So we'll talk about that on Monday, but Cameron young, long, great putter, iron game. Good. Gets a little clunky in the bunkers, this and that, but I mean, I I'm, I'm, you know, look, I I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see with Cameron young. Can he maintain the level of play five seconds, two thirds as he was last year, or does he, does he come back to the field just a little bit? Um, you know, where, where are we at with Cameron Young? I don't think this spot for him, uh, I'm not going to play him to win, but I'm excited to see where his game is at uh, this year. And can he maintain that level of play and maybe clip off a win? We get now into Fitzpatrick, Burns, Spieth. These are the next three. If you had to, if you had to pick one out of those three, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Sam Burns, or Jordan Spieth, where would you go? This is, uh, this is tricky. So I'll, I'll, I agree with everything you said about Cam Young. I think 20, there's 18s out there. It's too steep. Um, yeah. I don't think he should be significantly ahead of some of these other guys that are in this next year that we'll probably talk about here in the next 10 to 15 minutes. I think that he can be this season, but I don't think that he should be in this event, especially because he is making his debut here. And I do think I want to to lean on that a little bit. So that gets us into, you know, I, I gave, I back Sam Burns a lot. I have a handful of guys and they're all about to come up. We're going to talk about them all here in the next little bit. Um, and Sam Burns is one of those guys that when he is on that putter is just better than a lot of the other guys, even in the top of this, this field. So he can get mm-hmm. white hot with the putter. Um, this feels like a great spot for him. Only been here once, but this is not a, a price that I'm scared of. He's definitely on the short, short list for me. I've not gone to the window with it yet. There are some 28s out there. Uh, as you mentioned, DraftKings, FanDuel as well, both of them uh, 22. There are some uh, varying prices. And I think it's always good. As you mentioned at the top, especially golf, um, Again, you're betting a football game. There's not a lot of variance from book to book in terms of price. Golf, there really is, um, no matter what market you're getting into. So definitely shop around. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Sam Burns is a guy that I never have a problem backing. Again, I do feel like similar to maybe even JT, but not in the top tier, but maybe in the second tier. The range of outcomes is a little bit more wide with, with Sammy Burns. Like We can have some, some rounds where you're like, what? the hell happened here and that was like he was uh at the players last year like the irons were i don't know what happened and it goes out and wins valspar the next week um mm-hmm. so like the the possible range of outcomes are, are pretty massive so there's another guy that i don't mind adding live when i feel like we're on a week um and i might do that with sam burns just because i can't get a great um number pre-tournament fits made i think massive strides you can make the case that was maybe one of the most improved golfers on tour last season the added distance was insane um burns was a, or fitz is a guy that i historically would never really be on because i always felt like similar to speed who we'll also talk about here the way they got it done was felt like a little bit of magic beans at times right you'd get like this like scrambling and putter that would be really hard to and even like cam smith is another guy that like before last year i felt was in that bucket like you never really felt like there was anything statistically relevant from event to event than me like, Oh, this is a Fitzpatrick week. Uh, and then last year we just saw kind of a different evolution of his game. And it's a guy that I want to be on the season again. I don't think this is a spot to do it here um, at a place he's not familiar with. Jordan's tough for me. I'm not typically a Jordan guy, but we've seen 
again, he was kind of in early Spieth where he played really, really well here. We talked about him bagging a, a victory, but Jordan is similar to what we talked about with like JT, where sometimes when he's off, you know, the added distance is great, but he's spraying it a little bit, but like, and he's not going to get punched for that here. We know right. he's comfortable on the greens. We have some of the corollary stuff with Augusta where we know he's pretty comfortable and confident in. Sometimes those irons, short to mid irons, can get absolutely on fire. And we're getting him in like there's 27s out here for him, 28s even um, in certain books. So that feels a little bit better to me than Burns, Hovland. You mentioned Sanjay. I love, I like Sanjay a lot here. It still feels way too short. I don't like 20 if he was maybe a 25. Um, again, that's like we're splitting hairs. At the end of the day, like if he's going to be the guy that I think wins, I would not back him at 20 because I'm waiting for a 25. Uh, you'd hate yourself on Sunday. You'd be like, oh, I was on this guy and it didn't take the 20 because I wanted to uh, find more points. But uh, speed out of that group is probably the guy for me, even though Burns is typically more of a brand guy for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, Burns is is certainly one of my guys for sure. Yeah. It seems like it seems like Sam, all right, you get the Florida swing, then then I'm on him. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of my it's kind of what it's feeling like with Burns. Let's get him to Florida, get him a couple under his belt, get him off the West Coast, um, and then get him over here in in the South and the Bermuda, and off we go with Burns. Uh Fitz. Look, I mean that US Open was was fantastic. Um, Pain distances. The distances is recognizable. Uh, he looks good. He's putting on some, yeah. some bulk. I mean, he's, he's doing all the right things fits. I think now to me, the next step, can he become more of an elite iron player? I like fits, maybe a little tighter windows off the tee. You can fit it in there. Use that putter. Um, you know, here, everybody's going to be playing from the fairway. So I don't really like fits here so much, uh, but I am interested to see, where his distance is this year, another off season, you know, just how much, how much distance is he going to have off the tee? Cause I do think Fitz needs it. Cause I don't think he's an elite iron player. And I think yeah. like that's to me is his next step. He's a wonderful putter. Um, there's no question about that. And I think the reality with Spieth is look, I think for everyone, he's never going to be the Spieth of 2017. He's going to show signs. And when he does, you hope you're on him. Mm -hmm. but then there's the other side of Spieth where it's the dude can't find it all of a sudden, you know, and it's like, it's over there. It's over there. I can't imagine coaching Spieth <laughs> because he, I probably, my, my head would be completely gray by now. Um, it's probably a chore. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's high maintenance, right. Um, for sure. So I think that's just the reality of where we are with Spieth. But with that said, I think in this group, of those three and certainly is Al Torres who uh, is coming back first from off the injury. You know, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to bet him. I, I would probably lean on Spieth, you know, through that group. Um, now let's kind of keep rolling here. Tom Kim first time there at 25, man, this kid, uh, I'll tell you, I mean, it's, it's, it's all, you can always look ahead to some storylines and it's great to have Will back. I've missed Will's Al Torres and can he keep his, his, can he get back on track and compete for major championships and show us that level of play? Um, you know, Rom getting back, can he be that number one player in the world again? And I think Tom Kim has to be in the top four or five storylines here of intrigue. Um, this young man took us by storm, couple wins. He's an elite iron player, elite. 
He's fantastic off the tee. He's not overly long, but he's going to keep the ball in play. And when you're an elite iron player, look, you got a chance on the PGA tour because you don't have to be a consistent putter. Tom Kim's not a consistent putter. He'll, he'll, he'll throw away two, three, four strokes game putting. But when he has it, the dude makes everything. And Ryan, I think more impressive than any of that situationally, he looks as comfortable as anybody under the gun. He looks even more comfortable. Yeah, he is the toughest one to crack here for me because I do think you mentioned too. I mean, obviously we're not going to have like the Wyndham putting uh, Tom Kim, but we did see some decent putting. Uh, We just don't have a massive sample size here for him on the PGA tour, but uh, man, the, the consistency with the approach game is, it just is the easiest thing to bank on when you're looking to back someone um, with, with an outright or any type type of bet, uh, because it is just the most bankable skill. Uh, it is the most important consistently. And he seems to have it in spades and did not seem like any moment was too big for him. Uh, president's cup stuff was amazing. I definitely think the, you know, just the personality, I think is similar to Victor. Like we'd love to see some of these kids continue to ascend and, and get uh, pushed up by the tour. I think it serves the tour well. Obviously, there's a you know large Asian population that loves the game of golf, and having a um, an Asian star, I think, is is fantastic for the game. So I hope he can continue to drive that um, and get more eyeballs in this game that we love. Uh, it's just a good story. I mean, he seems like yeah. a fun guy. Um, you know, I love the guys show reverence and being around Tiger in those instances that they get a chance to. He just is he's a fun guy to root for. Um, but man, yeah, it, this is a spot where. Again, it's a par 73. It's super long, but we aren't going to be punished here because we're with the elevation changes. That's kind of why Morikawa, I think, is very much in the mix, too. And these guys seem to have similar games where Morikawa hasn't shown the spike putting weeks that Tom Kim has yet. So, again, I would love to. We're dealing with 39 guys. Really, when you look at it, you're probably dealing with 20. That you right. can actually make an outright bet on and feel good about. Yeah, we're getting the leads down. Yeah, you have to find a reason to cross guys out. Yeah, and Tom Kim not playing here is a reason for me to cross him out pre-tournament mm-hmm. from an outright standpoint. And also, the price is, I think, not great when there's a couple guys behind him who I think have serious win equity that I think are ascending as well. That uh, maybe shouldn't be longer than Tom Kim. But uh, man, this is one of those ones that. Come the weekend when he's in the mix, I'm going to be like, man, this is just a guy that we need to continue to, to back. Um, the prices are going to continue to get shorter and shorter. Um, but again, just an ascending, ascending talent. Um, the guy that I really want to talk about is Max Homa. Yeah. Um, 30 to one. Uh, this is a, again, Max got a lot of money. Zalatoris burns Homa. Um, and then obviously we'll get to Aaron wise. Um, I just cannot not back these guys yep. consistently and you'll have to talk me off of Aaron. Um, I just cannot quit, but Homa just feels to me. And I don't know about you. Like that is probably, I wish the PJ tour had a, you know, most improved player. You can make the case that Max was the most improved player on tour last year. He made strokes game jumps in every single bucket last year mm-hmm. was very consistent. One, Big boy golf tournaments against big boy fields. When you can do that, that shows that you are that guy to me. And we just didn't have really bad events for Max. Swing season goes back and, and you know, duplicates the Fortinet win and does it again. Like, he's just kind of ascending. He is a lead off the tee from a total driving standpoint. Again, we don't really need the accuracy here, but he has it. Um, he's long off the tee. The uh, Got a little bit more consistent 
uh, with the approach down the stretch, which I love to see. Um, I just feel like Max should be closer to this Sam Burns speed number um, than where he is in some other books. And again, you mentioned 30 on DraftKings. It's the shortest out there in the market. For the most part, there's, you know, some like mid thirties on max, um, especially even on offshores for folks too. So I just feel like he's that guy uh, that took a next step and um, isn't being priced in that tier. And I think he should be, I think he's kind of that guy now. Wow. That's uh that was one of my questions I had here. Are we ready to put max? Are we ready to elevate him into that upper tier? Are we ready to read Max Homa's name next to DJ twice, JT twice, Cam Smith? Ah, that stroke scan approach here, is he good enough proximity-wise? Yeah, he had a little low, right? A little low yeah. towards the tail end of the, the summer. Um, but, you I know, I like seeing what we've seen. Here. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's probably the question here. So, yeah, I mean, Max has five wins now. He's got a new baby. I mean, life is good, right, for him yep. and – and, uh, you know, I did a thing with Mark Blackburn, his coach, and um, at the end of last year. It's interesting because, like, the coach-player dynamic, sometimes you get into that and it just doesn't work at all. It's like, my God, all right, this should... And then sometimes it, it all works. And, and these two, like, it all works. I mean, it's just like, it's a match made in heaven. I mean, Mark's really done a good job with them. Max taking to it. He's, he's implementing it and it's working on the course. So... Yeah, I think you you make good points that every part of his game is improved. Now, I think it's being competitive in the major championships and and really now elevating his name up there with the JTs of the world, right? Because like, I know that's where he wants to be. Yep. Um, I probably won't play him here. You know, let, let's kind of keep coming down here. Hideki, um, let me ask you this. Who wins? Because Hideki, real quick, Hideki is going to defend next week. Right. Cause he won the Sony last year. Yeah. 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 So he won. So he, so he finished 13th and then he won the Sony. Um, and I thought his putter looked better, uh, as the season went on last year, his driver got a little bit erratic, but you got Hideki and then you got Harmon who is in the field as a top 30. Remember the top 30 in the FedEx are in the field. They didn't have to win. Um, as is Aaron Wise, your boy. He's in the top 30. All right. Who wins first this year, Hideki or Aaron Wise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Travis. I'm, I'm so, so I, I'm so pocketed on Aaron Wise. It's so, it's crazy. It's, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how to approach it. And I feel like I just have to eat the tax, it's just like an Aaron Wise tax every week because I can't stomach a Sunday where I have to get in late because he's in contention. Um, and I didn't have a pre-tournament ticket. Um, I don't think this is the spot for him. We have seen him play better on, you know, coastal courses at times. Um, I think like, you know, man, he like, seems to like Memorial. I feel like a Memorial or like if he's in Harbor town, Harbor town seems like a place that he'd play like really well too. So I don't know. I I got, I got it back Aaron wise blindly, maybe smaller units. Cause uh, just, again, I can't have uh, people, like excited for me that he's winning an event and then I don't have the ticket. Like I can't actually share that. I have the winner, the winning ticket. Um, So yeah, don't take that advice folks. You know, I I do think in golf though, it's okay to like latch on to some guys that you like and to, you know, bet them, you know, maybe more than others as a tiebreaker at times. Like I, I mentioned, you know, Burns, Homa, Zalatoris is that guy finally can stop betting him blindly because of the St. Jude. Thank you. Um, But 
yeah, that's uh, it's probably not plus EV golf betting advice. So Decky's interesting because mm-hmm. we, we Iron about- Nelson was his last win, by the way, 2018, right? Yeah, I know. Aaron Wise. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've, that's why he is why he's played here before because he's you know been a champion right. so he does have uh a round you know the, the four rounds here at uh Kabalua. so yeah yeah it's it's tough Travis it's tough uh, I just I, he played we really have, well yeah. down the stretch yeah. too right like the ball striking was great it seemed to figure something out on the greens so uh Aaron if you're listening any coaches out there, he's got a, a supporter here. No, he's uh, trending. He's moving the right way. There's no question. And 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 it feels like it, it could happen. You know, I mean, yeah, he was giving on the himself brink of the ample opportunities. Yeah. yeah, he was right on the outside right yep. there of, of looking in. He's he's coming. So um, so Decky, we have a couple things, right? You talked about he won in Sony last year. He likes Hawaii. He's played here a yep. number of times. Similar to Spieth, right? We haven't seen a lot of recent form here but we have a couple of you know, top five finishes here in like the 2016 2017 area and we also have i think we talk about elevation changes we talk about the augusta stuff we know that hideki plays well there the tough part is you just you're basically it's baked into the price though you never know what's going to happen we haven't seen him since houston he withdrew um which is kind of always the hideki thing we don't have a pro-am here to know that he's going to back out of to know what his, his health status is right so that's always the concern with hideki is not knowing really where he's at. He's another guy that I think should very much be on your radar. If you do bet live in tournaments, um, if Hideki comes out and looks healthy and is putting it together, uh, I feel like this is a, a nice number. You'd probably still get a pretty decent live number on Hideki, but you know, 40 pre-tournament is something that I think is, it's just a little bit long comparatively to the rest of the guys that are right around there. I think he should probably mm-hmm. be a little bit higher. Yeah. I, I think I agree with all that. Um, yeah. Hideki is just hard to put your arms around. Um, I think I like Hideki on tougher courses. Um, wise now Harmon. I mean, we're, now we're into the weeds. Like we haven't seen a winner outside of what 25 to one in ever long. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah. And to be honest, like for me, that kind of is the, line of demarcation is kind of that wise yeah. Matsuyama yeah. Um, case. Like I think you can make a case for all these guys and, you know, Russell Henley, when we were talking about approach and ball striking is always going to pop. Um, you know, Harmon is a guy that can, you know, again, he seems to like Augusta and there are some Augusta corollaries here and mm-hmm. it seems to be a spot for, for him too. Seamus played here last year. You mentioned he's been playing decent in the swing season uh, 15th year last year, I think for Seamus. You know, Adam Scott has played well here in the past. A lot of those were, you know, a decade or so ago. Um, I think these guys can all compete, but to actually back them from an outright standpoint, like they need to really play at like a top 5% outcome for themselves. And then this bucket of guys that we just talked about, they need all of them to not really have a above average right set of days and that's that's really hard to to kind of piece together so yeah do i want to back sahith at times this year for sure um of course yeah could billy win at any events uh at any field? not here yeah. though billy doesn't uh, play well here yeah yeah agreed so these are it's kind of a line for me from an outright standpoint these guys become more interesting to me for matchups or if you want to dabble in finishing position bets here this is kind of where we get into this tier yeah i think just if we had to throw a name out there to that we're kind of maybe excited about this year. And I, and I'm not going to make any bets. That was kind of my line too, is, is right in the Aaron wise. Uh, I, I think you could talk me into Seamus at 45. Like I, you know, look, okay. I, I like, I, I've been kind of tracking with Seamus. Um, I, I like the way he's trending with his game. He had a very good 
uh, fall season. Not that that means everything. He is number one in the FedEx Cup coming in. All right. He's, he's feeling good about himself. Come on in, make some birdies. He, he certainly gives himself ample looks. Uh, but I don't think this is a good course for Thagala. Adam Scott, is he on the me? I feel like he's on the Champions Tour this year, but that dude <laughs> feels like he's got to be getting close, doesn't he? Um, got to be close. Been around for a long time. You know, Keegan Bradley's number two in the Fed. <laughs> All right. Cage Lee, Corey Connors isn't going to make enough putts. Hoagie, look, opportunities gain. I mean, Hoagie's always up there. Yep. 75 to one had a very good season. Um, you I think can get plus of, money on Hoagie to, to finish top 20, which I is think so. Yeah. Yep, top half of this field. And yeah, obviously Hoagie uh, ball striking is tremendous. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely could lean into top, uh, top 20 with Tom Hoagie. No question. Um, JT Poston just got married. I mean, is there anybody not married on the PGA tour now? I mean, I was thinking about this this morning. I mean, they're all getting married. What is the, everybody is getting married on the PGA tour. Yeah. Every day is someone else. We, personal advice. We could clip this for social. And I don't know that the, uh, this would be a great social share. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hey, teach their own. Um, yeah. Lots of babies, uh, lots of engagements and, and weddings uh, this season. So, Hey, slow down. Yeah. You got Especially your whole in your, life ahead of you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, uh, you're in your mid to early twenties. Take your time as someone who uh, unfortunately had to do it twice. Um, I, I, I landed the plane very well the second time, but I, I jumped in too early the first time and I hope that these kids don't, um, you know, focus on your golf game, get yourself squared up. You know, maybe when you're in late twenties, thirties, it's not too late. Yeah. Like here's the deal. Like if you don't have kids right now and you're out there playing on the PGA tour, like they're out of school. Like my kids are out of school. They're going to be here in the studio in about an hour, just messing everything up in my studio. They don't go back to school till Thursday. So look, slow pump the brakes a little bit, players. You know, I know she's she's sweet, nice looking, this and that. Like, okay, gonna get married. It's not gonna do it right now. Gonna have kids. Not gonna do it right now. And just enjoy life a little bit. You know, that's all I'm saying. Let's take your time. Yeah, that's not for everybody. All right, there's Stallings. Hundred. That was a great story about the. Incredible. The masters, yeah. <laughs> my God, so that's good. hilarious. And I, I do, I do want to make quick mention here of, um, as we kind of go down, cause these guys look, they, they're, this is a big tournament for them. And I, I just don't want to brush over them. These guys at the bottom, and I don't think they're going to win. Um, you know, Hoagie at 75, JT at 90, Stallings at a hundred. Oh, Stallings had a, I was on Stallings a decent amount last year. He made me some money in top twenties. Mackenzie yeah. Hughes a hundred. I think Molinax is a, Really interesting story. He's going to join us next week from Sony. I love it. Um, Seps track is coming on tomorrow at 130. Uh, you know, I'm curious to kind of get some insight on the course. He's played it now a couple times. So I'm, I'm curious to kind of see what um, his thoughts and, and how it's going to play. Uh, but Adam Svensson at 130. I was really excited to see him um, get a win. Yeah. Uh, his, when he started here, this quick story about Adam Svensson, Canadian, he hired John Graham, the putting coach. And I know John really well. And, and I, and I saw him at Hilton head and I said, John, I said, why did, what are you going to work on with Adam? And he says, well, it's really interesting because all he wants me to do is figure out why I miss putts inside five feet once in a while. That's it. Or five feet. They're about five, six, whatever, you know, in that range. So, you know, the heat gets on and, and, and why do I miss that putt? 
And I was like, that's it. He's like, that's it. I was like, wow, good luck with that. Yeah. So, you know, John, this was back at Hilton head digs in and Svensson wins, right? Adam Svensson wins. So I pull up this morning, the last 50 rounds putting five to 10 feet. You know, who's number one, Adam Svensson. <laughs> awesome. So good. I mean, look at what he did. He putted lights out, you know, like three strokes per round. Like that's an insane putting. Yeah. That's, I couldn't believe it. I pulled out, I, I, t- I took a screenshot. Sounds like, damn, you're good. Yeah. That's great marketing for that coach. Jeez. Damn. I don't, think anybody else, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody else knows that I'm the only one broadcasting that I'm just, John's not going to go out there and tell. And I was like, yeah, he told me that I was like, yeah, he just wants me to figure out like what's going on right there. When I miss hmm. those putts, I'm like, damn, that's like exact. He's like, yeah. So he dug in and there they are. Number one, last 50 rounds, Adam Svensson. Good job, John. I mean, that's, that's talking, put that on the business card. I mean, right. That's incredible. Yeah. Svensson's a guy that I, um, you mentioned the two names that I was going to get back down to here that I think are guys that I'll probably continue to back uh, as the season goes along that I think are very, very interesting. And Svensson is one of those guys. I think, you know, the iron play can be really good. If he seems to figure something out on the greens consistently, there are going to be certain spots where he's not in contention just because of the distance off the yep. tee, but you know, he could find fairways in the approach game gets really good. And if you have these spike putting weeks, um, we'll see what happened to uh, RSM. So um, Mullinex is another guy. guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mullinex is another guy that I love. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, backed a lot. I think similar to what you mentioned with, uh, with Scott Stallings, like we've seen these spikes with Mullinex where he gets just, on um you know wins yep. and barbersall and then just kind of just that parlays into a nice appearance of the open and then contends a little bit top 40 at the rocket mortgage and plays really well at the fedex um and like it's very opposite of fence and you're going to get these spots where his distance really is an edge and sometimes he could put that together with the approach and that's really what we saw for him to end the year where he even the bmw a top 12 like he he played really good golf yep and um yeah, he's a guy that I like quite a bit. I don't think he is a legit contender here, although I think his distance is going to show up um, in like a Cam Young kind of way. Like he can absolutely wreck it off the tee. And that sometimes just shortens the golf course. And if you can get a little bit hot with some of the other stuff, um, he'll be in the mix. And again, like when he's done this, even like last year, two years ago when he did it, he does it in really big fields. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I know he won at Barbasol, but like he gets hot at the end of the year. Like the St. Jude, that's, that was a big boy event. He got, yep. you know, shrunk a little bit on Sunday and that's going to happen when you're not there a lot. But um, I don't know. He's a guy that I feel like you, you got to kind of double dip. You, you back him to win and you kind of hedge with a missed cut. Um, Cause I feel like, again, he is all over the map um, and what he can do, but he's a guy that I'm definitely going to watch. And there'll be events where he'll definitely find himself on my card from a long shot standpoint or finishing position bets. Yeah. Molinix is um, you kind of feel like, I like his game for the PGA tour. He's long. I think he's an above average iron player mm-hmm. and I think he's going to have his moments in putting and he's not a dog around the green. So it's like, I, I think he's got the PGA tour game and you just get the feeling that he's kind of just, um, he's, he's maturing, you know, he's marinating, he's maturing right now on the yep. PGA tour and he's going to figure this thing out. I mean, he did at Barbasol. Uh, he really caught my eye in the playoffs. I mean, fifth, fifth, it's, St. Jude and 12th at BMW. That's big boy stuff right there. For sure. um, and last time we saw him fourth at the Houston open, I I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Mullinex. And I think, um, 
I think this can be a big year for him. And I think he's, I, I think he wins again this year. It's just so easy to say that, right? Like I know the players know. really appreciate that. Oh, thanks. It's just that easy. Like I'm going to win yeah. again this year. Yeah. That's a compliment, right? But we know it's hard. We know it's hard to win, but we also know on the PGA tour, having good length, being a better than average iron game player and having, I'm okay with the streaky putter. I'm okay with it. Like yep. just yep. give me, just give me some moments. Give me plus four at Houston. Give me plus, uh, four at rocket markets. Give me plus three at Barbara. So like you just, you just got to give me some moments of high putting you, that propensity of being able to make putts and go um, to go with that consistent iron game and that consistent length off the tee. And um, that's, that's uh, we've seen it with Sam Burns. Um, I think we're going to see it with Taylor Montgomery who's long off the tee can putt. And, putt. and those are the guys that I, I, I tend to gravitate towards and, We'll hit a mole next, I think, next year at like 45 to one. I think that's 50 to one, 50, you know, somewhere in there. It's going to happen. Love it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get some big numbers on him still. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there'll be there to be courses where he, that game just fits, right? right. Where that distance yeah. isn't going to be, um, you know, maybe the you know, distance is in play and the accuracy isn't going to be punished. Um, and then you can piece everything else together and you're in the mix. Agreed. Just trying to see who else is married here at the bottom. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. No, I don't think Corey Connors is married. Take your time, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> Take your time. Um, I don't think Thagal is married either. No, that's a young kid. I would hope he's young not. guy. Yeah, he's not yeah. married. Tom Kids. Tom Kim's not married. All right. I like that we've incorporated this into our handicap. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Are you married? How many kids do you have? Strokes game married. And, and then Tony Fino just walks in both middle fingers up. Like it don't matter boys. Yep. Look at this. Let's <laughs> keep bumping them out. No one right, makes man. more use of the off season than Tony Fino. At Ryan Noonan on Twitter. Follow him. Betspert, director of content. Appreciate your time, buddy. We'll do it again. Appreciate it. As always, Travis. Thanks, buddy. PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com.